welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Raziel, and I'm the host of the show where I have conversations with Olympic athletes, hopefuls, and legends on their story and path to the games. Today, I have the incredible Lindsay Napelleberg of USA Volleyball. She's a three-time Olympic athlete, a two-time silver medal winner, winner, and an incredible all-around person. Lindsay was so much fun to talk to, really got to dive deep into her story, what she did, how the games went for her all three times, and all the stories around it, which was a blast. We also get to dive into the Kore Project, which is her project about heart and helping little girls around the country learn more about the female volleyball players that will be representing them in the 2020 Olympic Games, but also just moving forward and helping the sport in general. So very excited for this episode with Lindsay. Please enjoy it. And uh, yeah, here she is. All right. Today's special guest, Lindsay Napella Berg of USA Volleyball, three-time Olympian, born July 16th, 1980 in Honolulu, Hawaii, attended the University of Minnesota, where, and this is Wikipedia, so tell me if I got it wrong, but she set the school record for the most career assists, and you were a three-time uh, all, all Big Ten team, is that correct? I think so. I awesome. mean, your your guess or Wikipedia is as good Wikipedia as mine. Wikipedia is good sometimes. Feels for like some a things. real long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Played professional volleyball for about 10 years. We'll go with over 10 years because it sounds pretty cool. Played in three consecutive Olympic Games, 2004, 2008, and 2012, winning silver medals in both 08 and in 2012, and is the founder and CEO of the Core Project. Lindsay. Nice pronunciation. Did I say it? Okay, cool. Yes, well, my perfect. Italian grandma would prefer if I say it, you know, like I'm supposed to. So thank you for <laughs> hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here and chat it up. It should be fun. I mean, we've had a couple of good conversations so far this week. I mean, what a great way, you know, end the week. It's Friday for everyone out there listening. Probably not. It's always recorded or it's released on a Monday. So hopefully those Friday energies will, will rain through and everybody that's listening on Monday will get a little bit of that energy from us so yeah. let's start so you were you were born in Honolulu so obviously that's what you've always known but you made the decision to go from Honolulu to Minnesota so first set the picture for us what's it like in Honolulu give me the palm trees give me all that and then and then I want to hear that transition and what that's like too yeah Honolulu uh, Hawaii in general but Honolulu being where I was really from is incredible it's just as incredible as you imagine it. Um, Honolulu, it has a city aspect to it, um, not the other islands. Um, Maui and Kauai and the Big Island are a little more just like paradise and beaches and lots of nature. But Honolulu actually is a city and um, a great place to grow up in general. I was fortunate enough that my parents figured out a way to send me to a great private school, Punahou, where Obama actually went as well. Um, and it's known as a great sports school as well. And Hawaii in general is a great place for volleyball. It draws 10,000 fans at their college games because we don't have professional sports. Um, a lot of kids play it. It's up there with football in Hawaii, and it's just a great place to grow up and be outside and play outside, which I don't think kids do as much anymore. And just pretty sheltered, to be honest, though. Um, it's a very good life, no matter um, if you grow up with money or don't grow up with money. You're on an island, and it's beautiful, and the resources are, are great as well, even though you are on an island. So 
it's pretty picture perfect to be honest. <laughs> um, um, okay. Yeah, sounds, I got it. Sounds I, tough. I, I sounds got lucky. Hard. You know, we don't yes. really have control of where we are born, and I. I got lucky on this one. Jackpot. You hit yeah. the jackpot to say the least. I've I've never been to Hawaii. Um, I've always wanted to go. I have a buddy of mine who goes there for work all the time. And he always takes a couple extra days to just kind of hang out, mingle around, go walk up some mountains, go hang out in some forests. And, and he absolutely loves it. So yeah, it seems like an incredible magical. place. Magical. Yeah. That's a great word to use. It does sound like that. And and it's always crazy, especially again. So as, as you and I have spoken multiple times now, um, I'm a big football fan and it is, you know, obviously we know, you know, the rainbow warrior warriors and they're awesome. And that's always a great, you know, I, I don't stay up that late, especially out here being on the East coast, but when they're on, I always, it's, it's always interesting to watch and it's, it's crazy. And I love their, their, um, their, the pageantry around all of it too, which is really fun, but you always forget. I mean, there's like an incredible amount of really, really good football athletes coming out of Hawaii and considering how small, or at least in my brain, relatively how small it is and kind of how far away it is. You never kind of think of the athletics being, I don't know, you know, that uh, elite, I guess. And obviously volleyball, it makes sense because I know you're indoor, but there's a lot of sand I hear in volleyball uh, in, in, uh, in, you know, the sport too. Yeah. It's actually insane how many volleyball players have made the Olympics from Hawaii. Um, when I was playing in my last Olympics, um, there were two of us born and raised in Hawaii in my first and second. There were two of us in each one. Then one went to college there. I mean, the ties. And then on the men's side, the same thing. Um, Mike Lambert. Then now there's the Shoji boys. Like there's always this year, I think for the women's is the first time there's not been a Hawaiian Olympian, which is nuts. Just like you said, how small the population is compared to any other state or another place, but it is pretty crazy. I think it comes down to actually how much heart and passion that we play with. And I don't know if that just is instilled in us in Hawaii, or maybe we always think we're underdogs because we are coming from this, you know, small place and we have to compete with people that have even more resources and more competition. Uh, but I do know that everybody that comes out of Hawaii, we just have this drive and this passion and we play with all of our heart and it gets us far. It, I mean, drive and passion, confidence, those, you know, um, innate attributes. I think they are, you know, sometimes more important. I mean, you, you can, you can, there are so many ways you can point to, you know, the person with the most talent doesn't win. I mean, in most situations, the person with the most talent doesn't win. It's the person mm -hmm. who puts in the work, as you said, the drive um the heart and everything else that goes into it I, I truly believe that that is a very big piece especially in sports when it does come down to um you know especially at the highest of high levels the the difference in talent isn't as big it's the difference in work work ethic is where that's where you're going to see you know the strides in the gain so i think it is really cool and you, you make a good point i mean the underdog mentality um i guess a question on that like with with being so far away, and again, I'm in New Jersey, so it's very, very, very far away. But I, what's it? What's the distance from California to Hawaii? Like, what's that flight? It's like Six, a five-hour flight. Five-hour flight. Okay. Yeah, cool. so it's it can about, be high, like almost five hours, still in the four, or almost six, depending on the winds. Okay, that makes so, sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, which so, way you're going? So, how often, when you were younger in high school, like, were you actually playing teams? that weren't from Hawaii, because at, at that point, it's kind of you're just you're you're competing against each other. 
like I can understand like not really knowing how good you are until you finally do start to play some of these teams from California, Washington, Oregon, and you know, Arizona, that kind of thing. Right. So in the club volleyball system, um, it used to be, it's, it's all changed a lot. Yeah, I guess we would have to travel once to qualify for the big tournament. So the big tournament's always in the summer, whether it used to be Davis, um, then it used to be called Junior Olympics. Now it's Junior Nationals. There's also AAU. Those are two separate ones. Um, it's gotten very big, but we'd always have to travel, whether it was like a spring break to a tournament to qualify for that big one um, that we wanted to be in, which is was the Junior Olympics. Anybody could go to Davis. I believe we didn't have to qualify for that one. And sometimes we'd play in both. If they didn't have um, overlapping, we'd go on a long trip for two weeks. So it was just so expensive. So we had to like get ready for that one trip and do that one trip and qualify. And then really we fundraise because fortunately, my family had enough money, but a lot of my teammates did not. And so we would have as we, it's this type of chicken on like a roaster called Huli Huli Chicken that we'd sell and have these just like fundraising events to send all of the girls that like their families couldn't afford it. So it was really like just a team and a community thing. Cause we just like have to get the money for everybody to go. It wasn't an option. Like the money was like in a pool. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, this is her money. This is her money. No, this is how much we need for the whole team and the coaches yep. to go. So that's how often. So it was about twice a year that we would travel with our teams to play mainland teams, as we call it, on the mainland. Um, and I was fortunate enough, a couple other times, my family would, you know, go on a vacation here and there. My dad's parents are from LA. So we'd come to LA and visit them. But normally in the summer attached to that volleyball trip as well. So yeah, we had to, we had to grind and just hope that what we were doing at home was good enough to compete with everybody else. And it actually ended up, we were really good. Yeah. Yo, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was super, not, I was not questioning that just to yeah, make sure it's just scrappy. You know what I mean? We're all undersized compared to the mainland girls. And we just like, we're just all over the court just diving and like giving our giving it our all we used to wear pareos which are like those wraps you wear at the beach and we'd walk uh-huh. around the tournaments with those on and we think we're so cool as like the island girls so yeah lots of stories back in the day when you think you're the cool kid growing up um but yeah it's i mean the memories and growing up i just it doesn't seem real to me to be honest it doesn't it, sound real. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I was very fortunate where I was born. And then we took advantage of that. Heck yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. it's, if you're in one of the most beautiful places on planet earth, I hope you take advantage of it. That is, yeah. that is fantastic. So you then went to, so, so played, obviously lived your whole life in, in Hawaii and then ended up in college in Minnesota. Now, when you yeah. told me that, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't laugh verbally um, because I didn't want to uh, come off mean but now that we've spoken a couple times i kind of get your personality a little bit more and and i will 100 percent laugh at you (laughs) because that is it just of all the places man like that's that's just (laughs) the craziest you could possibly go and especially during the school year it's you know september to may so it's cold there the whole time so i guess why and and what was that like yes i get this question often um sorry it's it's too good i have to ask it's okay and like the easiest answer that i've figured out of actually like living 
I'm almost 40, so living this life, is that I find myself putting myself in challenging situations. Um, whether nice I really um, know that at that moment, that this is what is about to happen. Um, as I look back on a lot of different happenings in my life, that is like the common thing, the common theme that I do to myself. So why? Um, this is an interesting story. Being so far away in Hawaii, I, I, was have, I was heavily recruited just because they see you at these mainland tournaments. And, um, but the problem was, is, well, some were um, skeptical. I'm undersized in not the real world, but I'm almost 5'8", and in, in volleyball in the high, high level, uh, the girls are 6'2", 6'3", 6 feet. Um, so there were some coaches that are like, oh, can she do it? Um, there are also coaches that were worried about my body type. Um, that was a big issue as I wasn't the leanest, um, most athletic looking volleyball player. And um, they chose to look at my physical and not necessarily my game. So there's some like, you know, question marks there as well. And then the other problem is when they wanted me to come on the recruiting trip, I didn't want to leave my high school team and miss a game. So I kept prolonging this process where they needed to choose if I was going to go there or they're going to take their next player behind me or this and that. And so some schools that I actually wanted to go to fell off because I just was not going to go to a school that I'd never visited. And I just felt really strong about that. And if you didn't like me that much and weren't willing to wait until a weekend that I wasn't going to leave my team. Now think about that as well. I was like, I don't want to leave my team. Like this is something that is like an intangible quality that I have that's already showing in high school. So I got really, really bummed out because I felt like the decisions I were making were like had valid points of mm -hmm. why I couldn't do this, why I couldn't do that. Also bummed out about, do you see my skill level? Like stop looking at my physical bummed out about those things. And so my dad asked if I would go take a trip to Minnesota. Why Minnesota? First of all, I was like, where's Minnesota? Like <laughs> I took geography in like seventh grade, you know what I mean? And I'm like a senior at this point in time. We had never traveled to the Midwest as a family. So I really, I wasn't really aware without looking at a map to be like, oh, oh, there is Minnesota. Okay. Um, my dad played and coached Mike Hebert and he was the coach at Minnesota. And before that he was coach at Illinois. He took them to a final four. Uh, they played together in Santa Barbara. Minnesota really wanted to grow their program and took him away from Illinois with a great contract. And he was heavily recruiting me, came mm -hmm. out to Hawaii to see me. He didn't care what I looked like. He didn't care how high I jumped. He knew my volleyball IQ. He knew my heart. He knew my passion. He knew that it came from my dad. He just knew that I knew as much of about volleyball as he pretty much did. And so I took it, I took a chance and I went on a trip. Uh, it was in the fall, so it wasn't that bad. It was they were picturesque on, at that yeah, point. Yeah. They were in quarter system. School hadn't even started. So only the volleyball team was there, some football players, you know, um, just the teams that were training. And I wanted to go to business school. They're like, we have a great Carlson management, Carlson School of Management. You're in directly. And like by that time, I was just so tired mm -hmm. of like trying to prove myself when I knew like how good I was. And then just tired of the whole process. 
and yeah. I, I like and I signed. So it's like not the most glamorous story at all. And people asked me about college if that was a time of my life. And to be honest, it wasn't. But I think it wasn't because I've had so many other great things that have happened after. But how important that step was in my life, I look back and probably wouldn't change it if I had to do it again because of how I had to deal with being so uncomfortable, um, the challenges I went through that were so different than what I grew up with. Um, I went to a team that was not good at the time, but I built a great team and they're now in the final four every other year, which I can say, yeah, I don't have a final four appearance for a national championship, but I built that program with one or two other of my teammates pretty much. And mm -hmm. like, so that is something that just like gives me so much, like I have so much pride in that. And I'm so honored to be a part of something that grew rather than it was already established. And I might've sat the bench for two years because of politics. And there was a girl in front of me and she was a senior and you know, all of that. So it was tough. I cried a lot my first year. I figured out what classes I had to go to. And so didn't go to the others because it was so cold outside. Practically talked my parents into getting me a car or I was like leaving. I was, uh, yeah, I was <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. I mean, yeah, I, you're, yeah, you're 18, 19 years old. I mean, it's yeah. a little different and going from, yeah, as you said, picturesque, magical place in, in Hawaii and uh, going to Minnesota where, I mean, what, it was probably negative like yeah, for a multiple months yeah. of the year. Like that's crazy to me. But let me tell you, it is a great school. Mm -hmm. Um, Great it program now great too. program. Uh, people from Minnesota and in Minnesota are amazing humans and treat, tr treated all of us athletes that were not from there incredibly. Like more than half of my athletic friends from those times stayed in Minnesota to live. And like some are from Texas and some are, you know, like Florida. And, and now the city is amazing. I love to go back. They have a great food and music scene and just downtown's awesome. So really when anybody talks shit, oh, sorry, can I You're talk good. shit? It's fine. When anybody talks shit about Minnesota, I get, I get really offended and I ask them, have you been? And most of the time they haven't and I tell them they should go. But it was, it's really, uh, it's a special place. Not even gonna lie, special place, just a little cold just a little cold and that's that's the thing that's kind of the deal breaker for me i hate cold weather so you much live in like, new jersey it's i know the same thing uh, once it, it doesn't gets get on, once it, it gets get... under 30 to me it's all the same okay i don't i mean uh, that's okay okay agree yeah. to disagree i was gonna yeah, say right. like 30 is isn't terrible but like negative six is that's yeah. really bad uh, but whatever that that's, that's not too. the point that wind yeah chill. wind chill is not fun but that's not the point it sounds like as you said it wasn't the time of your life but it's it's it was a very important piece and a very important stepping stone and i'm pretty sure the after um college is, is extremely important too but while you were there so i actually want to go back to your recruiting for a second you said like you would not leave your team which as you said that is an intangible that is so important how do coaches not at least admire that or understand like hey like it's, it's a little difficult for me to come to this recruiting trip um because you want to be with your team now was that was that a a personal thing is that a, a cultural thing in uh, you know in and around the people you're with where does that personally like, where, where did that decision come from you know i can only speak for myself to be honest um i'm such a competitor and my team needed me frankly. Did, did any of the other girls on your team leave um, to go on recruiting trips? 
No. Okay. Yeah. I think there might have been one that went, she went to college in Fordham, but I don't remember, and she played, but I don't remember if she went on her recruiting trip, if that happened during season as well, because things could have happened after season as, as well, but I can't remember that far back. But yeah, personally speaking, I'm a competitor. I hate to lose, like I hate it. Um, I'm a little better nowadays. I'm a little more chill in my non-volleyball life. Uh, I can play ping pong and lose and be okay. Back in the day, I couldn't. And it just meant so much to me. And that's really, like, it's so simple. It meant that much to me to be with my team, to try to win a state championship, even in high school. Like, that was my step to then go into college. And I personally felt awful leaving my team. They probably didn't care, to be honest. They probably want me to go and on this recruiting trip. And we didn't really talk about it to anyone because I wasn't leaving. Like, <laughs> I wasn't doing it. So... Yeah, it's something I just have inside of me. Like, I hate to miss things that I want to be at or I should be at or I've committed to be at. And that goes on in my life as well, in my normal life these days. I hate to make a commitment or say I'm going to do something and not make it happen. And I think it just really goes into how committed I was to my team, to my sport, to the people that support me. And it all started there. And I think I got it from my parents, I'd say. Who knows? I love it. And yeah. it's, it's, it was just an interesting thing, I thought, because, I, I mean, as you, you know, and that's why I even asked, like, about your team, too, because it sounds like, as you said before, like, the underdog mentality, the scrappy mentality, all of you had that. And that was something that was kind of instilled the heart of it. Um, and if you have a lot of heart, you're not just going to leave your team, depending, I don't know exactly when in the season or how it works, but you're not going to leave your team uh, to go on a recruiting trip. You know, the recruiting trip can wait until the weekend, as you said. And, and again, yeah. you know, it didn't quite work out as you expected or, or as you planned, obviously, but um, it did work out. So I do want to yeah. talk, you know, obviously more about, you know, in college, you crushed it. Um, obviously, as I said before, three-time All-Big Ten. So that means the best in the entire conference where there are some schools. I don't, I don't really know big 10 volleyball. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you about that, but I'm uh, assuming the best it's right pretty now, darn to good. be honest. Yeah. yeah Penn see. state now. Um, oh yeah. Penn state. Penn state, they went state on a crazy run a few years ago, now right? Nebraska's in it. I, I mean, it's, it's the strongest conference. The, the teams that have been able to sometimes beat them is the Stanford, which is pretty alone in their mm -hmm. conference right now. Um, California teams haven't been as good compared to the Midwest teams recently, I'd say in the last 10 to 15 years. Let's just put it that way. Stanford, yes, but not many others. Texas and, hangs in there as well. Yeah. So, so yeah. look at that. Yeah, again, you're, you're in a conference, a powerhouse conference, and sounds like you're, you're all Big Ten. So clearly you're, you're doing your thing. As I said, if I'm not mistaken, um, as Wikipedia said, uh, set the record for most career assists in the entire school history. So that is, is pretty incredible. So clearly, again, as you said, you helped build that program. No, no final four, no, no national championship, but now routinely in the final four. And, you know, it, it doesn't come overnight. You know, obviously you have to start somewhere and you have to start and, and build a program. So it's got to be really, really cool to be a part of that. Um, as you said, there was you and, and a couple of the teammates that were, you know, uh, the pioneers. And, and as you said, also, it, it's more fun to play volleyball than it is to sit for two years, right? Right. You know, politics and BS. I was not going to sit on the bench for two exactly. years. You and, don't seem like that kind of person. And sometimes that's out of your control as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could still be better than another player that is playing, and you're going to be on the bench. It's really up to the coach. So, yeah, I, I, I wasn't going to do that. It all worked out. And now you live yeah. Minnesota too. Look at that. Yeah. And that's also kind of cool. So you got mm -hmm. LA or you got California and you got Minnesota, you got Hawaii, you can go anywhere. And, and it sounds like you're going to be right at home. So, 
after you do graduate, um, there was this one year, right, mm-hmm. of the, like, this kind of, it was a professional league, correct? Yep. Like a professional women's volleyball USPV. league. USPV. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a huge stepping stone in your career, too, because it, you you tell the story. You know how Yeah, this is, this, is, this is a good story. Um, still being undersized in college, um, still us not making a Final Four, and only the Elite Eight was our the furthest we went, I still didn't get All-American, even though I was Big Ten, first team, this and that. To get All-American, normally your team is in the top eight, which we were, but for my team, they took an outside hitter, which is, you know, they, they like the hitters a lot. So still not an All-American. And most not of the salty time, about it at all either. No, clearly. I, I'll take my three Olympics, to be honest. <laughs> I really will. <laughs> I am good. I'm good. Um, So normally when you get invited to go to the national team, um, most All-Americans are invited. They've been watching you for a while. There is a tryout um, that happens that anybody can go to. Not normally people are picked from that. So I decided I didn't see that in my future. Nobody had called me. Um, I really didn't want to go to that mass tryout, to be honest. And I was like, okay, you know, let's see what happens with this professional league. So I graduated early from Minnesota in December, right after my fourth season, and they had just started the league. It was four teams, and there happened to be one team in Minnesota because volleyball is very big there. So they had it in Rochester, Minnesota, which was just about, if I remember, an hour and a half to two hours um, from Minneapolis. And they drafted me, and I was super stoked. Um, my other teammate that graduated one year above me from Minnesota that grew the program with me, she was on the team. Um, a couple other friends that I knew or played against, and we were underdogs, and we actually won. We beat Chicago, who had the founder's daughter under it. They stacked that team, and we ended up winning. Um, but in that process, our assistant coach was Kevin Hambly. And he happened to also be the national team assistant coach. And after that season, he pretty much told the head coach that I had to come out for a tryout. And the head coach of the Olympic national team agreed to it. And my dad and I drove my car from Minnesota and paid our way. I had to pay my way to the tryout as well. If I made it past the two weeks, they would reimburse me for my travel. How nice. Um, That's always a good story too. So we drove, uh, got there, Colorado Springs Training Center. For people that do not know much about Colorado in general, there's a huge altitude difference that you have to deal with. Um, Not only just walking around, but try playing sports and walking stairs in it. It's pretty tough. Um, also adds to the dehydration levels as well. So I go into this pretty difficult place to be an athlete and practicing eight to nine hours a day. And I want to die. I was like, this is not like my body is not supposed to be doing this. You might be right that I am not athletic because my body is not supposed to be doing this. So it was tough. I like could not sit down to go to the bathroom. I'm like chugging water. Kevin's like trying to get me through this. I'm like, I am not made for this. Um, and I made it through the two weeks. That's just, and I, and I got oof. a couple of hundo back for the gas. Hey, you know? there we go. Thank you. <laughs> gas miles. Um, that again, you know, kind of referencing what I was talking about before, if you didn't, end up going to Minnesota, I find it very hard to believe you would have ended up on this Minnesota, the Minnesota chill, if I'm not mistaken, right? Exactly. Sweet name. Great name, right? Sweet name. Um, 
ended up on this team where this particular coach was, who then would have reached out to the head coach who said, Hey, you got to check this girl out. So, I mean, it is it, like clearly, you know, maybe you would have made it in another way, right? but it's, it, the stars aligned. Let's be very honest. The stars aligned. We didn't want to go to Minnesota. We ended up going, you ended up loving you. You end up enjoying your time enough to the point where, Hey, it then gets you an opportunity to play in this professional volleyball league, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then that gets you onto the Olympic team or, or at yeah. least, at least a tryout, which then you then uh, take it from there. So what, um, what was your experience like? I mean, after, after that two weeks, is it then just like, all right, you're on the team and here's when we're practicing. Here's what, like, what, what is that no. process like? So when I went out there, it was January of 2003. So it was a bunch of girls that had either just finished college um, and were willing to leave college or they graduated, just graduated the year before and weren't playing professionally yet. Because in January, all the other women that were on the national team or had been playing professionally, they're overseas in January playing on their teams. So I wanted to give this a shot. So it's called like this training period, kind of. It's like 16 to 20 of us. Um, almost all of us are new to the team unless somebody didn't get a professional job or something. So we're all new and we're trying to make it through this training season to see if we make it with the senior squad for the summer. So I can't remember how many of us made it through, to be honest, in that that quad because they normally keep around 20 to 25 is like the core group throughout a summer and then from there 12 to 14 are picked to go on each trip um, to travel to all the tournaments not a lot of people know that every summer we are together it's not that just the olympic year like the basketball team they get together for the qualifier for two weeks and then like two weeks before the olympics we're not like that it is like every year, every summer, grinding to get points to be one through three. We were always in the world to get that ranking, and it's a grind. We have month-long tournaments that we're not home. We're all overseas. Uh, back then, we're traveling coach. I had a 6'7 teammate. She's in like a middle economy seat. Um, things have gotten a little better, um, which I'm very happy about, the growth or just the, the caring about the athletes' bodies a little bit more. And it was a grind. So I made it through that training, um, beat out a couple girls that were in my way, I'd like to call it, and made the senior squad. And at that time, the girl, or I was fighting, there's probably like four of us, the starter, she's Hawaiian as well. She was like one of someone I look up to growing up. She went to the University of Hawaii, Robin Amo. She now coaches there. Um, she got pregnant. And was going to have the baby. So I actually got to start for a little bit, which I didn't, I didn't expect, to be honest. Like I was, I wanted to make this Olympic team. And if I was the backup, there's only two of us to make it. I would cheer oh, so yeah. hard on the bench. Like at Still that point insane. in time, you know Plus what I mean? someone you looked up to too, right? Yeah. Like that's even cooler. Like if there's one person in front of you, you'd want it to be the, the, the yeah. woman that went to, the, that lived in the state that you it did. It was the best situation to, right? ever. Not even going to lie. So I just continued to fight my way and prove that I deserve to be there and deserve to be starting. And there was a point that I knew that that head coach like was trying to find anyone else. Like both of us were kind of undersized. So I knew he was trying to find someone taller to be the backup just in case. And like someone that was a little different because her and I were, are very similar. Um, how we play soft hands, defense, you know, we're just similar players. 
but he couldn't. I mean, I just just kept working and kept making the players around me better, kept challenging the starting side when I was on the second side and just, I just earned it. Well-deserved. I mean, like, again, it's like such a cool situation to be in uh, with Robin, if I'm not mistaken, you said Mm -hmm. her name was, um, you know, just, just getting to be there. And and it it sounds like uh, they didn't want you there for whatever reason. And they were looking for reasons, but it didn't matter because both of you worked hard enough. You, you specifically worked, you there you can't take someone off the team that's performing right like that's just yeah. not how it works you just he probably had to roll his eyes and go with it and you know it is what it is <laughs> like right. what, what is he supposed to do they had the camps right. they he knows all the players it's not like they're just missing a random player out there yeah. so you um, know he just kept telling me jump higher get lower and just like i really can't but i'll do the rest of the stuff good you that's know? awesome oh my um, goodness so but so yeah you, so you make the team. You're make the team. Profession- make the 2014. Man, that's got to be cool. What was that like? Like knowing that, hey, like you not only made the team, as you said, you were a starter for a little bit, um, yeah. but like you were, you were going to the Olympics. Yeah. So we had the meeting. So by that time, they don't tell us till us about two weeks before, to be honest. Which like is insane. Fighting, that is insane. Fighting, fighting. But by then, there is a core 12 to 16 that have been consistently going on the trips leading up to it. So you kind of know. And by then, I knew. And I also knew I deserved it. So I went into the meeting when they were going to tell us. And Kevin, so they told me, Kevin and Toshi, he's a job, our head coach was a Japanese coach. Um, He tells me I make the team. And I'm just like, poker face, like, like, cause in my head, I'm like, duh, yeah, like I know right. I'm supposed to be here. So i like, have like no emotion. I'm sure there's people that cry. I'm sure there's people who knows. Um, but Kevin, we ate something or had dinner. I forget like a day or two after. And he's like, were you even excited that you made the team? He's like, you showed no emotion. I was like, I knew I deserved to be there. And at that point in time, I was, I knew I was going to make it. I was going on every trip with Robin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, he was just really funny about it. He's like, I've never really seen that before. Like you just were like, duh. Yeah. You expected <laughs> it. I mean, yeah, as you said, if you're going, if you're, if you're part of that core and if you're going on all the trips to the biggest tournaments, it's kind of a foregone conclusion. There's that also, there is also um, something about your own confidence of what you know you deserve, how hard you know you've worked, and what you know you can bring to a team, whether you're on the court or off the court. And my off the court and bench responsibilities are a plus as well. I'm Mm -hmm. fine on the bench at that level. I'm going to cheer hard. I'm going to help her see other things. I'm going to, you know what I mean? So I just like had this inner confidence that I had worked hard enough to be on this team and that I know I can provide for this team. And that was what I was feeling when I went into that meeting. I love it. And you yeah. showed them and, and they probably were a little confused too. If they're just like, wait, did she hear us? Um, right. you're, Lindsay, you made, you made the team. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I know I made the team. I could have told you I made the team. Yeah. Um, so I guess what was, what was the experience like getting to go to the Olympics in 2004? I mean, that's, in, that's incredible. Yeah. 2004 was very interesting to be honest. Um, we had just declared war. 2004 and so we could not wear anything usa unless we were going to a game the whole time we were at the olympics wow okay Um, i forgot about that yeah so also 
every team had two secret service with us that looked just like regular people and anything random, scary, weird, we had to report to them. If we saw a random person two times in the same place, in a different place, but, but we saw them two times, we had to report it. So just like the USA spirit wasn't there mm -hmm. to start, to be honest. Like, I'm like, this can't be like what this Olympics is supposed to be about. Like you're supposed to unite with your USA people. You're also supposed to respect every other country because you all have this common ground of an athlete and work so hard, no matter from what path you've come from, what walk of life, like, and it just didn't feel like that. Um, obviously opening ceremonies was amazing. No matter what you're going to cry as you walk out there, it's just such a powerful experience to be surrounded by that many athletes that do exactly the same type of thing you do, how committed you are, regimen, eating, working out all of this from different walks of life, from some of the poorest countries out there to the privileged country that we live in. And you know what I mean? And it's just so powerful that we're all together and everyone's cheering for everybody. Then whoever is in the stands is cheering for you, no matter which country you are. It's like insane. That's yeah. I've always been told, like, if there's one thing you could do for the rest of your life, uh, not even competing, it, it is opening ceremonies. It's yeah. supposed to be just, just the energy and the atmosphere. There's literally nothing else like it. Yeah. And we don't get to see a lot of it because the performance goes on and we're like in these holding rooms, these holding arenas or rooms. And some, I can't remember, a couple of them had a screen where they'd play it for us. Um, but we're waiting and we're United States of America. So we're walking out like it's a long process. We're walking out close to last and we have a game the next day always as well. So we're like trying to sit down and rest our legs, but like, we're not going to miss this, you know? So yeah, we don't get to see a lot, but once you walk out there, it's like enough. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, and I mean, spending it just being with the rest of your team, as you said, just being like being surrounded by some of the most incredible athletes around the world too, all at the same place, all understanding that you're fighting for the same thing, especially on Team USA, you're representing your country, you just look around, you see all these other people in red, white and blue. Like, when did it hit you that like, wait a second, like, I'm, I'm representing my country, I'm here, I'm doing this, like, was it during opening ceremonies? Was it I, people have told me like on the plane ride down is when it kind of hit them and they kind of look around. They're like, is that LeBron? Like, what's he doing here? Right. Like, when yeah. did that kind of like, um, when did it kind of hit? Man, I don't know, to be honest. Cause at the end of the day, we go to so many tournaments mm -hmm. and we play the exact same teams that we play in the Olympics that that part of it, the competition part of it is like any other tournament. It's just blown up of the other circumstances yeah. as well. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, 5 billion people watching we're or something. really like, we were really good at keeping that focus as in like, we've been here before, even though I had not been to the Olympics before, but we've been here before. And another thing we play the whole two weeks. So there's sports that are done in three days and there's, and there's people that are just happy to be there and qualify when we have pressure to win. And there's just so many different levels to who is at the Olympics, what their goal is, what our goal is, how you treat it while you're there. Like we're practicing the days that we're not playing. We're watching video. We're taking care of our body. We're not like, we don't get to do much, Yeah. at least in our sport. Mm -hmm. Um, so the enjoyment is like seeing that opening ceremonies and then it's like, wham, we play the next day, like get out of there, 
go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So it's fun. And then it's like, boom, okay, business time. And mm-hmm. then it's business. And then, yeah, us. I mean, it, as you said, like you've played all these teams and in most sports that kind that's kind of, you mm-hmm. know, that's the case. Um, you're going to play in, in a lot of different sports. The Olympics actually isn't the highest level of competition just due right. to the number of countries and the number of people that are allowed to come from certain countries. Um, but obviously in volleyball is, is not one of those sports. How many teams around the world, how many countries qualify in, uh, in so indoor volleyball? There's 12 volleyball? teams. So there's 12 teams. Okay. And we go two pools of six. And so you play all the other five teams and then the top four from each pool qualify and then they cross over for quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. So mm-hmm. the number one of one pool will play the number four, of the other pool in that quarterfinal, two, three, three, two, yep. one, four. Very cool. Um, yeah. So it's interesting in volleyball, you almost want to end up with a really tough pool. So then your crossover in the playoffs, if you can survive the pool, the crossover is a little easier. That's interesting. Um, So I think USA this year has a tough pool, but I think it, at the end of the day, will be a positive That's what I like to hear. Let's go, ladies. I love it. Um, So I know, so in 08 and in 12, you you won the silver and uh, you told me your your, your time in, in four was almost enough to say I never want to do this again. Um, yeah. So yeah, tell. I know what we finished fifth, correct? We did. And you said that you guys should have won gold, hands down. We should have been in the gold medal match. Okay. Um, what happens after that? Like yeah, that in that 12, is. We were the better team, and mm-hmm. we lost in twelve. You know, that that's like the Super Bowl. That's like any one. All you got is one match. Yep, Anybody yep. can win at that point in time. So yeah. So I had a in general. Um, not, I didn't feel great after the Olympics. Um, not only cause we got fifth, um, I just really questioned like, do I need to be training eight hours a day? Does that make me happy? Um, cause I didn't know who'd be the coach next year if things would change any of this. So like, does that make me happy? Do I like to live in Colorado Springs, which personally I really didn't love. Um, We had a team, um, and I love each and every one of them, but we had a team of individuals rather than a team. Mm -hmm. And we had the best individuals in the world. Like, I'm talking, we had some players, and our bench had some players, you know? And to then come out and underachieve, it sucks as a competitive athlete and uh and someone that knows we could have done better if you know maybe we got our heads out of our asses and could get along or you know things like that and maybe us not be each so diva of this and that or you know what i mean a lot that goes on um in female teams if you can get through that and have a common ground and understanding of what goes on on the court. This is our goal. This is what's going to happen. We're going to support each other. We're going to trust each other. We're going to, all of this, no matter on the court, cool, whatever you want to do off the court, if you don't like someone, this and that. And you know, something, something was off. And, um, 
And our coach also didn't really like to make substitutions when we had a great bench. And sometimes you just got to switch things up, you know? And I believe that he is the best trainer I've ever had as a head coach. But I will say, and I would say this to his face anyway, but I think there are a couple of times that a change needed to be made. And not only me, not even saying it was my position, you know? And I just, he couldn't do it in, in those really, uh, those times that might've needed it. Mm -hmm. So I just go back to remembering we played Dominican Republic at 8 a.m. There's 8 a.m. games, by the Ooh, way. Um, and we were like, this is a team that shouldn't even been in the Olympics at that point in time. They hadn't grown yet. They're a great team now. And we play them over and over again. They're in our region called Norseca. Like, I mean, we play them like 12 times a year. You know what I mean? And we lost. And that match put us fourth in our pool to cross over and play Brazil in the quarterfinals when that should have been the gold medal match. Mm -hmm. We had just played them in a gold medal match four weeks before in a tournament leading up. Like that was the gold medal match. What happens after that? We didn't care. We went five. We lost. Um, and it was devastating, like devastating. Man, yeah, that yeah. is a that, it's a it's an awful situation to be in, um, especially when those un, um, unexpected losses happen, like yeah. to the Dominican Republic, as you were saying, and, and as you've said multiple times through this and 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 through the times that we've spoken, you hate to lose. Um, so not only did you lose to Brazil, the team, as you said, like, hey, let's get to the match, let's get to the the, the end, and you know whoever's better is better. Um, but you you took them five in the quarterfinals, so clearly right. it would have been a great gold medal match as well. Um, just unfortunate that it was, it was just in the corners. You didn't even make it to the semis yet. So that is just, um, that is, a, it, it's, it's very unfortunate. Um, and yeah, I can understand how that, how, how just a multitude of things kind of stacking up almost makes you never want to go to the Olympics again, not play, of course, because right. I know, you know, you have a professional career as well, but not want to go to the Olympics again and, and everything that you've had to do to get to this point, to have it, such a bad taste in your mouth. I, I can, yeah, I mean, I, I was actually ready to move on in life, to be honest. I wasn't at that moment of when I questioned it. It wasn't questioning just trying to make another Olympics. It was like, okay, was, do I go and use my business career? My wow. business, you know what I mean? It was like, do I start my real life yeah, now? Yeah. Post-career career. career. Yeah. Um, well, thankfully you didn't. Yeah. Um, what, what, like... What was that internal or even external conversation with your, your family and loved ones? Like where, where, like who, how did those conversations go? And, and how did you finally end up back into, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to play volleyball. Yeah. Even though it felt like a long period of time, it happened fast because professional seasons start pretty fast. So it was obviously just a couple conversations with my mom and my dad and my sister have always been my rock. My sister played, she's three years older than me and just, um, my whole life has been my rock of just supporting me when she did not continue to play after college. She played in college, but didn't chose another path after that. And then she just like turned into like my biggest fan and like such a person that has helped me through my career when, you know, we were competing like all through high school and like as sisters, like competing. Um, so, you know, some good conversations and then a really great offer from somebody I respected that had seen me play for the last two years with the national team. He was one of the coaches on the Italian national team. He was going to be a head coach for a young team in the first division. 
and he gave me a great offer. And I'm like, I can't go like, I can't go out like this, like this sport, what this sport means to me, what it did for me, the places it has taken me, what it means to my dad and my sister and I, and like how I might've not had a good time in Athens, but my family had a bomb time. Like Uh they loved it. And like, just seeing like, I can provide that for them and that happiness of experiences that like nobody gets to do. Like the point zeros percentage of people that actually get to one play in the Olympics second, like go to it to watch that really made me happy. And so I was like, let me try to go to Italy and get my love back. Let's see if we can do this. Like, if I don't, I don't. If I do, then let's go from there. And I, I took the offer and I loved it. It's changed my life, to be honest. Yeah, literally. I mean, yeah. as I said, you know, the, the, the project you're working on is an Italian right. word. That's why I said my grandma, I'm probably going to butcher it later because I, I had it right towards the beginning, but I'll probably, I'll probably butcher it later. But I mean, if there's a worse place to go too, right? Like you get to go to Italy. Now, wh- which city? Uh, did you get to go to? Yeah. So my first three seasons, I was in a small city on the Adriatic Sea, Pesaro. Um, it is an hour north of Ancona and an hour south of Bologna. And um, great town. They had a basketball team. We were sponsored by this kitchen company, Scavellini. Awesome. Um, yeah. An Italian. Uh, that's, that's, that's perfect. You know, and um, <laughs> we had a young team. So I had, we had two Brazilians. I believe two, one or two, maybe just one that I just played against in the Olympics. And the most of the rest were Italian. My coach did not speak English. Um, one friend that will forever be in my life. I'm actually going to go see her next uh, month. Um, she like saved my life this first year, like saved my life. Her English wasn't great, but she tried and she was the best. And she saved my life. If I get married and have bridesmaids, like she'll be in the wedding. And she taught me how to drive stick because they wouldn't give me an automatic car. She puts me on a hill my first time driving stick. I was like, no. I mean, just the experiences that I had, there was like no navigation back there. So I like had to learn the roads, like how to get to practice. Nobody spoke English in my city. It was so small. We had, uh, we had to go to the tobacco stores to get calling cards. And that number was like 25 digits. Uh, yep. And if you made that one mistake, you'd have to redo the whole process. Um, no cell phones yet that yep. worked overseas, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so it was just, I look at these girls that get to play now of like, you like feel like you're in the States because of technology when you're playing overseas. It's, you know, that's too so, funny. I mean, it was, it was a shit show. Let me tell you, I wish I would have put down all the memories of. Yeah. I, mean, I wish of, you had your camera I back then. I would have had a nuts book if I, because I was also 24 and, you yeah. know, running these Being streets a and living the yeah. life and, uh, yeah, thought I was pretty invincible. So we all yeah, did. Yeah, I was known for having a good time, but I was also known that I'd always show up at practice and play good. So that's all that I told matters. Them that you guys can't tell me nothing. That's too funny. Oh man, that's good. Well, I'll, I'll save some of those stories for off camera. Um, but definitely, I mean, it, it almost sounds like this was a retreat, like a, a retreat or, or even like a vacation almost from kind of what you were doing in Colorado Springs for so long and and then now getting to go to this place where you really couldn't communicate that well with anybody really couldn't figure out where you were going or what you were doing 
but you just figured it, you just did, you just figured it out. And and it sounds like that, that whole process, I think it would have been different if at the time there was a team here in the United States that you went to, right? Like if you went to the United, the team here in the United States, you might not have had as, as big of a disconnect where kind of letting it get far enough away, just arm's length. You're still loving the sport. You're still loving everything you do, but kind of almost forgetting, not forgetting, of course, but putting so much of what you've just done the last year and change or two years, whatever it was behind you almost kind of let you let your brain reset. If, if yeah. does that make sense? For sure. It's definitely still hard work. Um, oh, of course, teams, of course. But. The teams I was always on were pretty good teams. So we're practicing most of the time because this is our job and we are getting paid. Well, we're practicing two times a day, maybe four days a week and the other two are one time. And then we have a game once a week. Um, And then I think just mentally, it was hard as well because, okay, I am like the coach on the court in my position and I can't talk to my coach, you know? So it's like, I had to learn volleyball words really fast. So at least I'd know the volleyball terms, what's going on and what people are telling me because I run the show on the court. Like that's just what my position is. So I had to learn quick and, um, I didn't take Italian lessons. I tried, but I was just like, I'm not doing this on my lunch break. Like, no. So I learned how to speak Italian through just like talking and uh-huh. listening and this and that. My grammar's awful, but I finally was, I'd say kind of fluent, I guess. Fluent for a, an American, I'd call it maybe. But that whole thing, I mean, I look back at it. I was like, wow, I, you know, I did a lot. There was a lot that had to be accomplished while I was, trying to play professionally overseas. And um, I think it just helped that I'm pretty open-minded. I took the culture in. They really appreciate that as Italians. Um, There's some Americans that go over there and more basketball players that I know that will just hang out with the Americans or they sit inside in their break and play video games. But like I made friends, I tried to speak the language and they really appreciate that. So the Italians like kind of liked me out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, worst place to be. And and now, you know, through that part of the story, it almost sounds like it was better that you had so much you had to do. Um, yeah. that, that also helps not have to worry about what was going on or what you you did go through. And, and you're able to just work and figure out how to speak a language and drive around and have a good time and do all these things. And again, you clearly did a pretty darn good job. If you don't mind me asking, you don't have to use specific dollar figures, but just for an understanding, like what what is pay for women's volleyball over there like like how like how comparable is it to something over here in the United States because as you said all the athletes are the best some of the best athletes on the team USA now they're all over in Italy well they're all over there there's no league here so but uh, I guess like what would you compare it to here like sports wise I guess like again Um, I don't want to know how much you made or how much they're making now yeah I mean well first of all it's hard because there could be a girl that's not on the national team that played college and goes and wants to travel and they're giving her a thousand dollars a month there's there's that yeah 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 then there's national team girls that uh i think the highest one of the girls is is at eight hundred thousand for the year i mean it's not even a year it's six to six months that's incredible wow you know so it's uh i'd say more of the average for the national team player would be around 200 now to 250 but i'm not in their yeah, 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 market yeah. right now just in general i don't really know but there have been some girls there's a korean one of the best players in the world she's korean she was at a million a season like that's incredible yeah it's that big of a sport in italy 
it's not big of a sport everywhere. Oh, okay. But here. Sorry. That's the, that's the mainlander in me. I apologize. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Japan, it's nuts and China, it's nuts. And a lot of money in Russia and Turkey, not Turkey's awesome to live. Russia. I, I had some offers. I just mm-hmm. passed on those. I was like, I'll take a little less money and live in Italy. I just mm-hmm. was more into my, yeah. how I was going to live as well. So there's a lot of opportunity out there and um, it's fun. I mean, I have teammates though that like hated it. Mm-hmm. So oh, I yeah, think, but... you know, everyone's different of how much you, I don't yeah, know it's gonna much... it's gonna depend. I mean, yeah. a lot of different things are are happening. So, I mean, living away from home, living in a different country. I mean, it sounds like you had fun trying to learn the language a little bit, but I could see that being very frustrating for a yeah. number of people. Um, so it sounds like you had a lot of fun over in Italy too. And where where else did you play? Did you just play in Italy? So, or... um, Turkey. So Pays okay, little okay. three years, and then my other four years were in two different teams that are a little closer to Milan. Um, so a little bit up north. And then my last season after London Olympics, I played in Istanbul for Fenerbahce in Turkey. Awesome. Yeah, so that was awesome. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I, I wish my health would have allowed me to play a little bit longer and I would have loved to have stayed in Turkey. I really enjoyed my time there. I hear good things. So I'll have to get yeah. out there one of these days. Um, so that's a little bit about your professional career. I'm sure we'll kind of weave in and out of that. So that was around 2004 is when you started, correct? Your mm-hmm. professional yep, my career. My first professional season. Yeah. So you hung out and hung out. You played very tough in Italy for a very long time. But every summer, as you said, you would then come back here, train mm-hmm. with the national team, go back over there, play some games, come back. Go. At what point do you, do you just stay over here? Is it once the season's – because the season starts after the Olympics, correct? Yeah. So, so, so at what point do you, you move back here and just start just being um, here full time? Different, different seasons are different. So like China season already done. Jordan Larson, who's will be in this next Olympics is already back. Um, in the oh, States, I'm, I'm talking least. about you. I'm talking yeah, about, but, in, Oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, just I'm talking sorry. about in general, yep, like yep, uh, yep. the different countries are different. So Italy always had a longer season. So we were back hopefully by the end of May. Um, and then once you're back, sometimes our national team coach would maybe give us a week off, maybe not, but then you're back, you're in the gym, like report, this is your day to report and here we go. So it's just when your season's over, if you lost early in playoffs, you're back, you might get a week off, you're back in the gym. So, and it really depended on the different coaches as well, to be honest. And I had three different coaches, each quad, so Mm -hmm. So then let's talk about the second, um, the second go around the 08 game. So mm-hmm. that's uh, Beijing, if I'm not mistaken. So we had yes. Athens, Beijing, 12 was London. Um, mm-hmm. What, tell us about the 08, you know, just that, just that experience. I mean, you can go in, you, if you want to go as deep as 04, that's fine with me. Um, but, you know, just kind of curious, like you went to three different games. You, I want to compare and contrast all of them and see kind of what, what those experiences were like. Yeah. So 08, um, I almost quit in 07, which is, yeah. Volleyball again or just from the national team? Volleyball again. Maybe national team Okay. at that point in time. I was going to say, it sounds like you're having a blast over in Italy. Um, Italy, Making a little bit of money too. So Yeah. So 2007, we we had a different coach. We had, um, her name is Jenny Langping. She is Michael Jordan in China of volleyball. Like She cannot walk down a street and people won't know who she is. 
So she was an amazing player, played for the Chinese Olympic team, um, had coached some in the States and they hired her for this quad. And it was quite a, quite a change for some people because a lot of the group had been with Toshi for two quads beforehand and didn't, I can't say they didn't really like her, but they weren't really buying into her. And I was a captain. I had beat out Robin. I was a captain. I was starting. And, um, but it was really hard to be the captain because some people really weren't buying into it. And just, you know, a lot of shit talking and a lot of like, just a lot. And I was going to practice just very unhappy. And I wasn't feeling like I was giving the team what they deserve to be given from me as a leader, as a player. Um, I don't know how many people could tell or knew this other than a couple people that I was very close to and telling these things. And like, I wanted to cry walking into the gym. It got so bad. And one day the president came up to me and we're almost going to world championships. We're like three weeks away from world championships in 2007. I think that's right. It might've been 2006 as world championships. My, yeah, it's 2006 to be honest. Okay. Sorry. And he comes up to me and says, how are you? And I start bawling and I'm like, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let, Lindsay, let's go in, like, let's go in this room. And I just told him that I like, don't feel like I can be the best leader I can be right now. I'm very unhappy. I know I like finally, like my dream, like I'm starting, I'm a co-captain with her. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, but like, I am so unhappy. I should not be unhappy. And I was like, I think I got it. I think I have to leave. I don't know if it's a break or if it's done, but I think this is best for the team if I go. So we obviously told the coach and we had a discussion. Um, at the end of the day, it's my choice if I want to go or not. Yeah, yeah, Whether yeah. they'll let me back, if I wanted to be back, that's then their choice. But to leave or not, that's my choice. I ended up leaving. I was already signed again to go in Italy. That wasn't an issue. I took a month off and um, I was in Los Angeles and just took a month off of like no volleyball other than working out and knew I'd have to go because I wasn't with the national team. That meant I went to Italy early for like preseason and this long drawn out thing. And I was there and I was watching our team playing world championships while oh, I was wow. training in Italy. And, you know, it just, it, we got like, 11th or something like eighth or 11th or something. And not because I wasn't there. I'll tell you that it was because we were not buying into our leader. And luckily that was early enough in 2006 and, um, many conversations throughout my season with the coach and the president of USA volleyball and with myself, um, knowing that, Hey, if I do go back, I probably won't have my starting position anymore who knows what could happen in the future but this might not be captain are you going to be able to step out there and do the most you can and all you can for that team i had to, to have self conversations about that and decide if i could that's the only reason way i'll go back if i don't think i can be that person for the team then i can't go back so i went back and um, 
you know, we got better and better as a team. We bought into it more. Uh, Robin was the starter. Uh, we often played almost like half, half a lot often. Okay, um, that's cool. You know, but she was the starter and we made it to the 2008 Olympics and we walk opening ceremonies, same greatness. Mm -hmm. um, we're taking a nap before our match the next day before Japan. We have a late match. So we had our breakfast practice, taking a nap and we all get woken up with a huge pounding on our doors to get up. And one of our teammates who was in the 04 Olympics with us, she was married to the men's head coach at that time, Hugh McCutcheon, who is now at Minnesota. They were sightseeing her and her parents and they got stabbed Whoa. at the Great Wall of China. Oh my Not God. at the Great Wall, one of, one of the big mm -hmm. touristy, a crazy man on drugs stabbed her father to death stabbed her mother and she survived and is still living. Um, but through, went through a lot. Um, nothing happened to Wiz. Um, and so we were hit with a huge tragedy to our volleyball family. Wow. Oh my God. Um, because they all through the quad before when Wiz, um, Elizabeth Boppin, now McCutcheon was on our team. They were at our games. They were parents that followed like my parents and it was, right before our first match in Japan. And, you know, we pulled together and it was tough. Sorry. That's, a little no, 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 no. That's, that's extremely um, intense. I mean, that's, that's just an awful, uh, especially with the celebration and everything, right? Like yeah. we're there to have a good time. We're there to celebrate, you know, our countries and, and everything that's happening. And just to have something like that kind of completely come out of nowhere. Yeah. So uh, that is, day of, that's you know, we're calling our families. We were told everybody call your families. Um, you have to let them know about this and about safety measures just in general. It was such a freak accident. It, um, the guy then I think jumped off and killed himself. I, I can't remember the details, All right. but it was like so freak. Um, so we were not supposed to meddle and we pulled it together and uh, we got silver and we were not supposed to medal. We were the underdogs and um, I got put in, in the quarterfinals. We were down Italy 2-0. I got put in, played the match of my life and ended up being Italy in five to take us to play Cuba, who we were used to playing with. Robin went back in there. We killed Cuba 3-0 and got to the finals against Brazil. And there we're, you know, we're playing. We're not even yeah. supposed to be Brazil yeah. at that point in time. Um, but yeah, that was 2008. My goodness. So in 2004, we have Secret Service members walking around yeah. with us, not allowed to celebrate really what's going on. Um, yeah. 2008, an unbelievable tragedy to a member of your team um, and her family. That's, that's awful. Um, yeah. And, it, and you know, broke it out and you guys, you guys still, you know, that, that's incredible. You were able yeah, to kind I mean, of come that, together. That that's sure awesome. sure brought us together. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Brought a lot of just the whole USA delegation together. Um, overall, without that tragedy, the Beijing Olympics was awesome. Yeah. Um, it was much better done than Athens. A lot in Athens wasn't finished, to be honest. Yeah, I remember like, that, our, yeah. Like, village, like, our dorms, and, like, there was some stuff. There's just a lot more energy in Beijing for the USA, just whole team in general. So I really I really did enjoy Beijing, other than that tragedy. And, um, yeah, that's Beijing. All right, and Expect now that one, huh? I did not see that. And I don't remember it. So in 2008, 
in 2008, I was like 17. Yeah, um, it was all so over I, the news. I believe like, it was. I mean, I, I remember watching the Olympics. I remember watching yeah. the opening ceremonies with all the fireworks. And then, and then it turns out that was mostly fake. But um, I don't, I, I'll be honest, I don't remember that, um, which and is the weird. Men, and the men won gold with their coach there half of the time because yeah, he's dealing exactly, with the yeah. tragedy of his wife's That's, family. Um, geez, so the men right. won gold in yeah, 2008 bring, as well. Bringing everybody together. Um, yeah. That's incredible. At least that's, geez, well, um, very unfortunate situation. Um, but at yeah. least we took, you know, the best, the best of it, silver and gold. And they're doing um, well now, obviously. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. We miss pops, but of course. Um, they're great in Minnesota and that's Doing awesome. Well. Back in yeah. your your alma mater, are they at University of Minnesota? They are. Look at that. This sir, this story keeps coming full circle. <laughs> I'm excited. All right. Well, what in 2012? We're in London, uh, so we're you can speak all the language. Like that's got to be the easiest part. Kind of nice. The food's right. probably not as good. I mean, I don't. I've Do you been want to London the journey the before London though? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. No. 100. You know don't worry. Journey. Don't worry. Don't worry. I was all just. Right. I'm. I'm just kind of curious. I'm trying to set it up in my head. Like, all right. So we had Secret Service. We have right. a terrible tragedy. I, I can right. really only imagine what the heck's going to happen in 2012. I hope everything's cool, but yes, <laughs> it was, please. It was, it was good. It was good. Okay. Cool, it was cool, good. Cool. For the last um, one, going out with a bang. But yeah, yeah. I, I want the journey. That's why we're All here. Right. See, we're here for the journey. So throughout um, the last, I had bad knees. Um, mm -hmm. My left one, the worst. And we knew even at Olympics that I was going to operate after the Olympics. So um, I got an operation. And I knew I was going to take the whole season off because I had to do microfracture. I was doing Ooh. like a lateral release, meniscus. We did all this stuff and wasn't great to be honest, but I took that year off and then I came back and we had Hugh McCutcheon was now our coach. He went from the men to the women and we had some young setters out there and I had to work mm. again. You know, I don't think I was the one that, they initially wanted they you know there was a, a girl from Penn State um, Alicia Glass that sat in the Rio Olympics and um, some other like young talent and at that point in time I'm too down Robin retired finally because mm -hmm. um, she had played in three so we overlapped two and then mm -hmm. I did one without her so that was sad just for me in general but yeah. Um, so yeah I was kind of the big dog yet coming off a of surgery and skipping a whole year. I got a work dog yeah, at the end yeah, of the yeah. day, you know what I mean? So, and my knee was still like, uh, 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 but I was like, I am making this team. Um, and then, so I sat the bench for a little bit. I worked, I worked my way back into at least be traveling that first year. I wasn't the starter. And then I became the starter after in world championships in two, uh, 2000, what would that be? A 12, 2010, I was back up. And then just like kind of towards the end of the tournament, I became the starter. Um, and then had a couple great years with Hugh. I developed a great relationship. He really treated us more like a men's team. So I don't know if you've heard before that like a lot of women's teams get treated like kids. Like you all have to wear the same thing. Yeah, you all yeah, have yeah, to go yeah. eat together. You all have a curfew, this and that, like even in professional when the guys are just running amok doing whatever they want to do. So he had come from the men's game. So 
he had, we had some vets and he didn't want to burn us out and we'd get it in, we'd get practice done and we'd have one practice and weights or if the younger girls needed more reps, they'd come back. But it was like, a, he did a great job at managing this team of young and vets together and we're going we're gonna to win this gold. And we dominated the whole quad. Once after world championships where we were like, eh, the two years after that, leading up into the Olympics, we dominated. And we dominated in the Olympics until the gold medal match. Mm. And um, yeah, I always say if we would have played them again, right again, like doubled it yep. up, yep. we would have won. Like for sure we're the better team. Um, Brazil almost got like didn't almost didn't even make the playoff part of it. Wow. So they were coming up as the underdog and you know, we were just high on life and I think we had a couple rookies, not blaming it on the rookies at all, but um you know, that was their first time in that moment and Brazil came and challenged us and we hadn't been challenged for a while and they broke us down. Man. Yeah. Um, my dad says I'm, you know, it's like the silver lining. He says I'm always destined for my gold in another aspect of life because okay. getting that silver. Yeah, I was going to um, say, got it a gonna, couple times. I'm going to keep listening to him. But, That's um, the only way you can do it, Lindsay. But yeah, I love London as well. I loved Beijing. I love London. Uh, they both were very different experiences of my, like, who I was for the team. I was the captain in London and I, I was yeah, it was that person, mm -hmm. um, along with a couple other vets and it, I loved it. I loved it. I was playing the best volleyball in my life. Um, on too bad, still knees. bad yep. you yep. know, still bad, but like, I was like, this is the best I've ever played. And I think it's just, as you get older and the more you play, things just become so much easier of which, how you're reading, what you're seeing for me as a leader, how I talk to my teammates, how I make them better. That's what kept me on the court and kept me being the leaders because I also worked on my leadership skills mm -hmm. as much as my other skills. Like I wasn't getting that much better at volleyball at that point in my career. Yeah, exactly. You've been like playing what else for... can I do mm -hmm. to make this team better? And I really took that to heart and really, really tried to be the best leader I could for everybody. Yeah. And, and especially in sports, as you said, like that was the best volleyball you were ever playing because you've been playing it for so long. Right. And then now that you have the physical aspects of it down, you kind of know what your body's going to do in pretty much every situation. Now it's really working on the leadership. Now it's really working on the, the, um, you know, the, uh, upbringing of, of those, those rookies and some of these younger, younger teammates of yours and really understanding that aspect of it. I mean, sports is the only profession where you only you know, your body is going to break down. You can continue to get better, but right. as you've showed, like your knees, like they can't withhold like any yeah. sport. You think football, basketball, baseball, all of them, um, you know, in every other profession, you know, as a, as a writer, as somebody that wants to talk into a microphone, you know, all of these things, it's expected that over time I will just continue to get better as long as I'm putting in the effort and the, and the proper preparation. Um, sports is the only one where it's, it's at one point, you, you can't get better because biology and your body and gravity is going to say, sorry, sorry, Lindsay, can't do that anymore. So right. it makes sense that you were playing the best volleyball. So it's unfortunate you were hurt and probably in pain. I'm, I'm, assume, I'm assuming. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's at three Olympics, two silver medals. That's nothing. That's uh, not yeah. that bad. I can't even believe your, it, to be honest. Like, you have them in your house. Talk about you, it. I do. do you, like, hang them? No, they're over there sitting by kind of like on a bookshelf. Okay. 
but do you not, take them out kind of put them on every once in a while no i mm. did um on tuesday i did a great um it was girls and women in sport day in sports day and mm -hmm. i went um to a elementary school with a hundred kids and did That's a little awesome. thing and i wore them and showed them so very cool they probably come out like once a year unless i'm doing some type of an appearance uh -huh. that they're needed yeah. Needed, wanted, needed. Wanted, needed. How, yeah, however we want to say that. But um, so that your Olympic journey is just incredible. You know, what you've been able to go through, what you've been able to overcome, kind of especially since those days in Minnesota again, right? Like, and, and then that first quad where they didn't really want you on the team. You just kind of kept sticking yeah. around. All right. I'm she's sorry. still, she's still sorry, here. Toshi. I'm right. going to keep bugging you. Toshi. She's still here. And then, <laughs> you know, obviously in 08 with a lot of complications and not expecting to medal at all. And you guys get mm -hmm. second place. That's absolutely incredible. And then 12 is, it's, it's kind of interesting how you can look at 08 as, as this incredible accomplishment and 12 as, as this pretty big disappointment and you ended up in the exact same spot both times. So it's always right. interesting how those expectations and um, you know, what, what is, supposed to happen really does kind of get in the way and and you know if you can look at 08 as an accomplishment i think we can look at 12 as an accomplishment as well i think they're both incredible um thank you. so as you said no you're the one that represented us three times not me <laughs> thank, thank you Lindsay. um so you ended you ended your olympic journey in 2012 um if i'm not mistaken the coaches said hey you, your knees aren't really they really can't do you shouldn't be doing this anymore let's worry about the rest of your life yeah, so we actually waited till I went and played in Turkey, 2012, uh -huh. 13 season. And I was I was gonna come back. I was like, we didn't get gold. I'm addicted. I want this gold. I love where the program's going now as a setter, like technical things. We were running a really fast offense, which I loved. Um, Karch Karai was gonna be the new coach. I had him as my assistant my last year. We got close, worked with him closely. I was like, I wanna do one more. Um, so I told him, you know, I was like, Karch, I'll stay home and like work on my body and this and that and not play overseas and not do the, you know, I was like, I really want to do this again. And, um, he kind of said no in a, in a long drawn uh, out, it yeah. was a, it was a long decision. Um, I think he did me a favor to be honest at the time. It like kind of hurt to be honest, but I also, know that he wanted to build his program and you know maybe start with a little some new and you know so i i get it all um i can't say it didn't hurt because like i at least would have wanted to be given a chance and i wasn't um that happened to a few of us actually yeah but um it happened i thank him i think it was a blessing in disguise as far as how much pain i would have been in for three more years and yeah, so then I just decided because I wasn't fighting for that, that I would also just retire in general and not play overseas and start my new life. So how, which, I, I think I know the answer, but was it harder to give up the sport or was it harder to give up that Olympic dream? Um, for me, the hardest part about it is I did believe I was playing the best volleyball I'd ever played. And that was hard for me, to be honest. But looking at it, like you kind of do want to go out on top in general. That's like true. how yeah. I was yeah. playing. And like, I think that's what I just really thought I still could contribute to a team. 
and even contribute if I was on the bench and be that leader from the bench, be that vet, that it is so easy that I can see these things and I can let my starter know or help with being a great team. I knew I still could help with that. And that would have been enough for me because mm -hmm. we had conversations. He's like, are you going to be okay not starting if you know what I mean? And I was like, yes. Like, let's yeah. go, let's it's make a, this team great. Exactly. And just going back to the, you know, the beginning part of this conversation that you were talking about, like you weren't going to leave your high school team. You yeah. think you're going to leave your national team? Like, yeah. no, it doesn't matter. Like I'm going to do whatever I have to do as part of this team. Um, so again, I, I like that this conversation keeps coming full circle and we can draw back on things that, you know, that happened to you when you were 16, 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, talking about what, 20 it would have been 2016 uh you know in right. Rio which would yeah. have been incredible I mean that's a it's a pretty healthy career right there um, right so what I guess j because you weren't able to go to the Olympics then why I mean again like as, as you were saying like I, I, I don't know the exact dollar amount you're making but it doesn't sound like you weren't making a small amount of money there was no consideration to maybe play a couple more years just because you love the sport making good money you're still capable of doing it or was it yeah. just it was just that time there were rumors going around about how bad my knee was, even in like the uh, international circle. Okay. And because you're not no longer playing on the national team, your ego, your like worth for yeah. no reason goes down a little bit. That, yeah. There's younger girls. I was 33 at that time. There's like 24 year olds. You know what I mean? There's there's a whole lot going on. And I was also very picky with the team that I'm willing to play on. So it was a mixture that. I didn't see any offers that I liked and really Lindsay, like you really want to play on this more. Like, do you still want to be in this much pain? So it was just, you know, it was discussions again with my family, yeah. with myself. Um, so yeah, well, just came hey, to that. It was an incredible career. It yeah, is an incredible I, career. Was, you did some cool great. stuff, got to live in some amazing places, got to go to three Olympics, two silver medals, you can see them. I can't. They're not. They're off screen right now. But um, I think it is awesome. And now, you know, as you said, as your dad said, you're, you're working for gold and something else. Um, yeah. So I do want to talk about the. I'll oh, see. You got it. Kore. There you go. Kore. Kore. The Kore project. My <laughs> grandma would be so proud. I'll show her this just so she can hear that I said it right a couple times. <laughs> um, I want to talk about this because I am very excited for it. You and I got to speak about it. I want to help in any way I can because I think it is is so incredible. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's just let's just talk about well, core means heart, right? In right. Italian, and as you said, you've always played with your heart. That's always been one of the biggest things about you. So obviously, your time in Italy, kind of falling back in love. Maybe that's right. me just being a little romantic no, about it. Um, you got it with the game, being over there. The heart, the obviously this 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 hits on so many different levels, um, which I think is awesome. But please tell us, uh, you've been working on this project for a few years now. What exactly is the Core Project? Yeah, the Core Project is, um, and you were right about why I named it that. I struggled to be honest about the name because I'm like, okay, this is a, it's not an English word, um, not necessarily the easiest thing to say. What are people going to be able to look at it and want to know what it is? Like I struggled with that, but then it always came back to, I had to go with my gut and my heart of like why I'm doing this project. And it is such a passion project to me, which I hope blows up and can support me as well, to be honest. But um, at the start, it's a passion project. And the Quote Project is 
my three words are share, educate, and inspire. And through the stories that I'm sharing of these current athletes, I'll get into um, former Olympians after this coming Olympics and more of the history of volleyball and different things there. But through these stories, how can we educate and inspire the youth that is going through currently what we have all as previous or current older athletes been through? How can we make this journey easier for them? How can their bodies not feel like my body at 33 because we're helping them recover in a different way of what we now know we can do? Um, how can we get them through being bullied because they're 6'3 in the eighth grade or because you are a little chubby? Like, how do you deal with that? How do you how do you deal with your parents if they're a little overwhelming at times? How do you deal with a coach you don't like? All of these things um, I'm sharing through video content to give it, to just hand it to these little girls as a resource. Um, and not only that, to make these current Olympians and professionals more visible to these younger athletes so like they can cheer for them. They can know who they are when they step on the court on the 25th of July, that these little girls are gonna be like, I love Kelsey Robinson because she's into surfing and these other things that she likes and she's, she's just really cute or whatever you want to do. I like this girl because she's so fiery and intense, but kind of quiet at the same time. Like I want them to have their favorite person that because for some reason, something about them resonates with them. And they chose that that's my favorite person. They know their name. They want to cheer for them. Like you want to cheer for LeBron. Like you want to cheer for Kobe. You know, all of these things that happen in other sports, it just has not happened yet in volleyball. And it's so sad to me because it is now the biggest sport for little girls. So it's like, why do these little girls not know what they can be, who they can be, how they can get there? So what, where's the disconnect, you know? And I understand as I've and witnessing that it's not an easy thing to do, but I'm going to try. And so it is a video content, I guess, digital platform with um, videos of all the current professionals trying to make the Olympic team and following kind of their lives, their journey, what it was like for them and all these different things. And that's what the quarter project I is. I love it. I just think it's so cool. And, and you make, you bring up so many incredible points. Um, you know, obviously you sent over some information to me and I don't have it. I, I mean, I can look it up on my phone, but it was, uh, you know, the, the, the number of female athletes in the United States versus the percentage of time that they're shown on sports center. Um, right. it was like close to 50, 50, like 50% male, 50% female right. in the athletes. But I think it was 96% male and 4% female is brought up like in on yeah. sports center. Like it's, yeah. it isn't, it, when you think about it from that perspective, like there, and there's so much can, can be done. And now Kudos to the the women's national team, the soccer team, because that took right. over America, and that was incredible. And everyone was behind it, right? We didn't right. care that they were female; we right. cared that they were incredible athletes doing amazing things and and fighting for our country. And, and right. like, so why why not volleyball? It's another team sport. It's an it, as you said, it's it's one of the biggest sports for little girls. I didn't realize it was the biggest. Um, mm -hmm. 
but I guess that's with team size and everything and, and taking that into account. I mean, that makes sense. So why hasn't this been done in some way, shape or form? And as you said, you just want to give it to them. You know, you're not, right. you know, hopefully, hopefully you can make some money and you can pay your bills, but yeah. at the same time, like being able, like you've already just been giving it to them at this point. Yeah. Um, and just following the story of some of these girls and some of these women over overseas, I know you're going to Italy relatively soon mm -hmm. to actually go follow them and, and take this film and, and get it. I mean, I, I just think the idea is incredible. I think it has so much potential. I've told like three or four people about it. They're like, Thank you, you. you're kidding? This exists? Like, yep. Not only does it exist, I'm going to hopefully help um, and be a, be a hand in it. And I just I think it is so that. cool. And and the, the fact that, you know, you're doing it right before the Olympics. And, and I really love how you, you describe it. You're like, I want, I want the little girls to understand, like, they can, that's who they can turn into be, right? right. Like, no, and obviously, we're using some, some semantics, but like, they they know that the Olympics exist. They know volleyball exists in the Olympics, but they probably don't know all the girls on the team. They probably don't know. And if they do know who they are, they only know them through a couple different Instagram posts, maybe, you know, not right. all of them are going to be up, up front and overt and, and, you know, with their personalities and who they are online. Um, so I think that there's so much they can learn just by, you know, seeing it's just like, yeah, like I, I'm a big Mets fan and, and I love connecting with the players or at least like engaging with them and understanding who they are as people and saying like, Oh, they, they like that too. Like, that's kind of cool. I, I thought I was a nerd and it turns out, no, you can be a professional athlete and like that too. So I just think it, you know, the, the, the reason behind it, not just the fact that you're doing it, but I think the reasons behind it uh, are, are what gets me excited about it. And I, I assume, you know, we can hear it in your voice too. You get, you get pretty darn excited about it too. Yeah. I mean, if I can make a kid's life that much easier through sharing what I've been through or sharing what these other professional volleyball athletes have been through. I mean, why not help somebody out? It's like so easy. And there's just so much that we've already gone through and wisdom that we can share that can is maybe going to get that girl through the roughest day that she just had with the coach or the roughest day that someone bullied her at the playground. I mean, it's like some of these things that we don't even think about that they are going to feel okay when they hear Jordan Larson say she went through the same thing and look at where she is now. I love it. And um, yeah, Jordan Larson, she will be a three-time Olympian. I played with her in my last. She was, that was her first. So mm -hmm. um, she's their leader, their rock. And uh, that's just for non-volleyball people who don't <laughs> No, we appreciate she is. it. We'll, yeah. we'll look it up. Don't worry. Yeah. We like it. Um, so but I just, I'm, I'm fired up, you know, let's get it. I, it's, it's been tough as far as like, I know how many girls play volleyball and I want my, and I know this is so trivial. I want my Instagram to show that that many girls are following me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, because I know the reach, mm -hmm. but I also know this is a very genuine and true and real educational, inspirational project. And those do take time. Of course. Uh, a lot of our world right now is making fun of people or drama or memes and this and that. And I sure look at them as well, to be honest. So um, I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to believe in it. I'm going to do it for Kobe. Uh, he was set out to inspire and I'm going to do that. And, and what, I he, don't know. what he did for women's uh, sports exactly. as well. He was huge into, into helping with his daughters and he coached a, a girls basketball team. Like he exactly. did so much. And, and, you know, obviously it's very unfortunate. Um, it's never going to, it still hasn't sunk in for me. It's no. weird. I mean, I don't know what it's out like in, in California, but it's tough out um, here. It's, it's so weird still. It's just like kind of, 
I don't, I don't know, but, um, you know, what he did for women's sports, um, you know, what he was doing, I think was incredible and it's very unfortunate and, you know, hopefully, you know, take that Mamba mentality, not, not yeah. give up work just way harder than everyone else. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there, Lindsay. I love it. I think it's awesome. I'm excited. Very cool. And then, so, um, with, with the, your, as you said, so you're actually, as I said, you're actually going over to Italy to yeah. capture more of this content with the, with some of the girls over there, right? Yeah. Like, so so I it. chose um, a lot of the content that you will see when all of you go to the website um, and Instagram. All of that content was actually last April in Italy and Turkey as well. So my idea about that is I want people to see what goes on that nobody sees either. Like nobody has captured these women in these awesome situations overseas where they have to learn a language, be away from home, all of these different things that they're still going through as a professional and working through them. And also I want these little kids to see like, I can go play professionally and make money, like playing volleyball, you know, people don't talk about it. So Good money too. Yeah, I thought it'd be really cool as I started my project and the first content that I actually delivered for it to be very exclusive. Like these, these women are letting me into their lives also because they respect me and what I've done in what they're currently doing. And they've been great and so open and given me their time because they are very busy and I've asked for some time and they're very open to this project. They love that I'm trying to do this. They understand that I'm just trying to make them more visible as well. With visibility can come more sponsorships, all of these things we can work together to make happen, to grow the sport, to grow each other. And I really wanted to have some really exclusive content that nobody had. And that's how I launched. I launched in June and at Junior Nationals, I went and had my own booth. I sat at a booth for eight days. Um, I don't know if I'll do that again unless someone's paying me to do it, but um, it was also very humbling. And from that day of June, I think we started, uh, I forget the exact day, it was the end of June. Every week I have delivered a new video. And that is what I consistently want to do. I want these young athletes to see these, these, the faces of these women over and over again, the face. And then sure, if you want to listen to them too, listen, but let's see their face, like get to know them. And so every week I have a, like a small video under a minute, that's five to seven girls talking about one subject. And then every month I have a mini doc on just one girl. And um, right now editing some footage that I got this summer in the USA gym in Anaheim. So can't wait to put that out there and then get to go get some more this season with a couple of the same girls, a couple of new girls. Um, I had to kind of pick Italy just because most of them, the biggest number of them were there and budget wise and travel wise, it, it's just easier. So yeah, looking to do, I want to do a panel. Um, Jordan Larson and Rachel Adams have already agreed that if I put a panel together, they'll do it here in LA and try to invite some kids to come out and actually shake their hand and meet them. And so the Corte Project is just trying to grow and trying to be great and do some cool things. It's awesome. And this is where your gold medal's coming from. And I'm pretty darn excited for it. Um, yeah. Lindsay, this was amazing. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Obviously, you've been doing this for a little while tonight, but it, I, I, I expected that because I thought your story was incredible. Um, and I was right, thankfully. I mean, our first conversation was about 
45 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, you know, not too much, not too much less, but uh, really do appreciate it. I, I am so excited to help in whatever way that I can um, hopefully so find you a couple dollars so that we can infuse some cash into it so that we can really start to expand and amplify this thing. But um, if you don't mind, I'll put everything in the show notes, but please let everybody know where they can find you. Yes. So you can find me um, at Napella, which is my middle name. N-A-P-E-L-A would be my Instagram. Um, it shows kind of my life. I'm really into fashion and art and food and not a lot of volleyball on there anymore. But um, the Quare Project, the C-U-O-R-E Project, same Instagram, same YouTube, same website. On the website, there's also some cool stuff. Shows the calendar of when these women are playing and where you can see it. Get to know some of the players. Write to me directly of what you want to know about a player, and I can get it from her. Um, support through some cool merch. And we'll see what's going to happen. I'm going to February, March, and April, I'm going to go to clubs in California, speak to the clubs, um, tell them my story, tell them about the project, get people excited for the Olympics because it's right around the corner. And I want every little girl to cheer on USA and know the girls' names. And I want the USA girls to feel the support from people that play the sport. I love it. Let's buy their jerseys, right? Why not? Yeah. They have them. Why not? Why aren't you wearing them, right? Yeah, but, um, Adidas. When- yeah. Oh, oh, well, that's another conversation. But Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay Napella Berg, USA Volleyball, three-time Olympian, CEO and founder of The Quote Project. Lindsay, this was fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Our Athletes with Lindsay Napella Berg. She is absolutely incredible. It was so much fun to get to talk to her and learn about her story, learn about the three Olympic games that she went to, what it was like, and how professional volleyball works. It's it's really new information to me, so it was a lot of fun to listen to. And of course, the Quote Project. So please check all that out. All her links will be in the show notes. Please check ours out as well at ourathletes.us on Instagram, at ourathletesusa on Twitter. Check me out on LinkedIn, Michael Raziel. Check out the website website ourathletes.us and you know, send me an email michael at ourathletes.us it's it's a lot of fun i truly enjoy what i do and how i do it so if there's anything i can do to help you please let me know and the one thing you can do to help me is if you are on itunes or spotify or any of these places please subscribe please give this five stars because that will help the absolute most so thank you all so much and i hope you make it a wonderful day <laughs>